At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome in to My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Alvari back here in the VEASAN studio. Feels good to be back after a week off. Uh, here with uh, Vinny Mayulo, as always, on a Monday. And Amal Shaw, kind enough to join us as well on the desk, always rushing across town to join us here after he does the nuts. You should check that show out as well on VEASAN.com. But today on My Guys, uh, lots of NBA playoff action still going on. But we had some action going on yesterday. I wanted to talk to you guys about this Bucks hawks game last night. The Bucks battled back in the fourth quarter. They won. They covered as four-and-a-half-point favorites in a low-scoring relative matchup. Uh, final score, 113-102. to 102. With that, the Bucks take a 2-1 to one series lead over the Hawks. Uh, I was looking at Dave Tooley, one of our Points Red Weekly contributors' Twitter account, and he was talking about that zigzag theory. So the loser of the last game, uh, that against the spread, 4-1 and one in this round with Atlanta's non-cover here. So first loss against the spread for that zigzag pattern. Uh, what did you guys think of last night's game, Amal? I mean, I thought Milwaukee, sometimes, you know, when you're the better team and you lose early, you get a wake-up call. And that's what happened. Atlanta came out hot. They had a 15-point lead, 25-10. to 10. And I remember I looked at the end of the first quarter. They're up by five, but they shot the ball extremely well. Milwaukee didn't. You knew they were in trouble. You can't shoot at such a high clip and a team only have a five-point lead. You've got to have a 12-, 14-point lead at that point in time. And we saw the Bucks take advantage, come back going inside. Middleton has struggled the first two games, really played particularly well. And he, he's really the key for this team. We know what Giannis is going to do and what Holiday is capable of doing. But it is Middleton that kind of is the straw that stirs the drink, even though he's not their best player. Yeah, huge fourth quarter for him. Yeah, yeah and of course, so the, the Trey Young uh, injury yep. late in the third quarter certainly had an impact there. I mean, from a betting perspective, game opened five, went down as low as four, and then came back up the ladder and closed uh, at five. The total on the game, 224 on the close, which is right around uh, uh, where, it, where it opened. It did get bet uh, under initially, but uh, could he use the, uh, the Hawks, actually, uh, from the house perspective to win the game? Yes, usually you don't need the, the underdog to win the game. Outright uh, because of money line exposure, but uh, we did need him uh, last night. So, but uh, again, we've got uh, uh, another game coming up, and we'll have to monitor Mr. Young's status for that one. Right. So, uh, for those who missed it, he did suffer a right ankle sprain in the third quarter. Uh, Drew Holiday stole the ball from him, and while he was trying to get back on defense, uh, he unintentionally stepped on the right foot of referee Sean Wright, who was standing out of bounds. So, really unfortunate injury here. But received an MRI today and has a bone bruise to his right foot. Uh, he said this morning that it's sore, it feels bruised, it's not comfortable, but he's just going to get treatment on it. The Hawks, he is questionable for Game 4 versus the Bucks. Vinny, you mentioned how this is going to have an impact on the betting. Uh, in terms of monitoring it, what are you guys going to be looking for? Well, I think we're going we're gonna to try to get a, a definitive answer on his status. I mean, we personally believe that he's going to go. I mean, he was pretty ineffective in the fourth quarter. tried to give it a go last night, but he's got a couple of days, you know, 48 hours uh, to get treatment on it. From a betting perspective, again, the game did go as low as four, but it did close as five. And we reopened this game, uh, uh, the next game, uh, for, uh, for this matchup at six. So at least a couple of point adjustment uh, for him to be.
It's not going to be 100%, right? right. But uh, this team has shown resiliency all playoffs long and uh, the ability to battle back. So there's no. we believe that he's going to play, but it's kind of a wait-and-see approach right now by the betters. You know, Danielle, I don't think it matters as much. Obviously, him being in the lineup, his injury status is important. But in terms of the line, I'm not surprised because the line was four and a half for this game. Milwaukee really was sluggish in the first quarter, quarter and a half. They played well after that moving forward. They were clearly the better team. I, I think it's a challenge. Atlanta, look, they were the fifth seed. in the. This is not the National Hockey League. Upsets like this generally don't occur. Think about how many teams have actually come out as lower seeds to get to an NBA Finals. It's very minuscule. I think Milwaukee's in a great position not only to be able to win this series, to win an NBA title. You're not necessarily facing off against teams that are complete or fully healthy. What an opportunity here for them. And I, I think they're going to be able to get through this series. The only question is, do they win game number four and it becomes a five-game series, or do they win game four and it becomes a six-game series? Just to finish the thought on the uh, the betting number, so the game is up to seven now. Wow, so, seven. Again, yep. Huge swing there. Yep. Uh, so what do you expect it to be as we get more information? Uh, I think if he's not going to play, then obviously this number will continue to go up. But if he is going to play, then... So wait uh, if you're yeah, looking. If, you're, if yeah. you're looking to bet on this game, especially now that it's moved a point, you, you, would, you should probably take a little wait-and-see approach. Yeah, well, we do have one game going on tonight, Game 5, Clippers and Suns. Amal, do you have any action on this one? We'll get to it in a minute, but I'm just curious what you think real quick. I don't. I think the Suns win this game. I believe the Clippers cover the number, though, because uh, five and a half is a bit, pretty big number. And, look, these have been competitive games. So here's another opportunity for them with a chance to be able to steal one on the road. Game opened uh, six and is now down to five and a half. So a little bit of line movement yes. there. Well, we're not just going to talk about the NBA today. We have soccer, tennis, and the Stanley Cup finals and more coming up right here on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avar here at the VSIN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook with the Vinny Maiulo and Amal Shaw, both on the desk with me today. Uh, we were just talking a little bit about the NBA playoffs going on yesterday and just started to dive into tonight's game. Great show ahead of us, though, not just talking basketball. We're going to have Dwayne Colucci, race and sportsbook director from the Rampart Casino, on to talk about the NHL playoffs, of course, the Stanley Cup finals. And then later at the top of the next hour, we'll bring in Will Hill, our Point Spread Weekly contributor. I'm sure he's got some bets he's very confident confident about as always and usually pretty right and then we have Jimmy Vaccaro legendary Vegas handicapper joining us in the second hour as well but we were just talking about tonight's NBA playoff game game five Clippers at the Suns 9 p.m. Eastern start here the Suns lead this series three to one so Amal you said not a lot of action for you tonight because you think the Suns are going to win this one I do think Suns win but I think the Clippers cover this one I think it's gonna be a tight competitive game uh, they've been that way throughout this series so an opportunity here I said if you're Paul Jordan you can somehow manage this Clippers to win seven games in a row he should retire immediately afterwards just walk it <laughs> off I mean, it would be unbelievable if you were to be able to come back from down 3-1 nobody would him. pat their back more either than paul What's george that? if he did that nobody would want to pat his back more than himself hey listen it's not uh, through been impressive thus far and now they've got an opportunity in basically what would amount to 15 games to get to the NBA Finals which is really a short number of games when you think about it over the course of three series you could potentially be looking at 21 and minimum of 12 so not bad work at all so far by the Phoenix Suns. And the Suns, again, the Clippers without uh, Kawhi Leonard, right? It's a different story. I mean, they've, they've uh, talk about resiliency. I mean, they've been very, uh, very, uh, very tough out and found a way to battle back in their previous series, but they had Kawhi Leonard in those series. Now, 
Uh, we know that he's not going to play tonight, although they did take the six with the Suns. That's why we sit at five and a half right now. 213 for the total, which is down uh, two and a half to three points off of the opener. Yeah, just a devastating number of injuries we've seen so far in playoffs. And now we're here with these four remaining teams. Uh, in terms of line movement for tonight's game, the Suns opened at six, as Vinny mentioned, now around five and a half. 61% of the tickets at BetMGM on the Suns, minus five and a half, and 67% of the handle. As for the money line, the Suns open at minus 250, now sitting around 225. Vinny, do you expect to see this to move more leading up to game time? I think uh, I think we'll probably see some Suns. I think there's a lot of there's been a lot of support for the Suns, particularly in the last couple of months and I think that you know folks looking to close it out now pros you know more seasoned better so I think Amal if Amal wants to bet this game he's going to try to see if it goes back to six mm -hmm. uh, or possibly goes through it but uh, uh, again if you're if you're going to bet the Suns probably now is the time because uh, I think there'll be plenty the general public is going to be all about the Suns and the over in this game in terms of two-team parlays. Yeah, I tend to agree with Vinny in terms of this one. Uh, I'm not surprised that the he mentioned the over, though, is tough in this series simply based on the yeah. way the scoring has been or lack thereof. So I have no interest in this total, Danielle. Like I said, I think this is a game where the Suns win. I think the Clippers cover. And with a five-and-a-half-point spread, it's actually not a bad play if you want to take a shot of trying to middle in that scenario because if you look at these games, they've been tight. And I love the way... Phoenix has approached the late-game situations, up 13, fouling, uh, up by three points. First of all, you've got Chris Paul, who's 94%. I think he led the league in free-throw shooting percentage this year. And then on top of it, you're assuming that the other team's going to make all their free-throws. I've mm -hmm. said this for years. you got a, you got a six-point lead with two minutes to go or whatever, with a minute to go. Turn it into a free-throw shooting contest. <laughs> are you really going to miss six free-throws? And are you assuming that if you make 100% of yours, is the other side also going to make 100% of theirs? I've never understood why teams with superior free throw shooters don't do this well you guys are talking about this total i'm just taking a look at where the tickets and the money are coming in this one opened at 218 all the way down to 212 and a half so people loving the under here and for bet mgm 59 of the tickets and 61 percent of the handle on the under that's a big drop we've seen yeah we tried to get ahead of that uh, and uh, we used two uh, 215 and a half so mm -hmm. uh but again professional bettors are more inclined to bet unders particularly when uh, when they're hiring they follow this year but but casual fans uh, they enjoy points, right? They, they People like to root for points. Listen, when they, people go to the arena, they cheer for defense, but they don't really mean it because when they bet it, they bet the over. People want to see points scored they in games. Do. They do. Yeah. Uh, well, a little bit of line movement in terms of the NBA championship odds after yesterday's game. Again, we talked about that at the top of the hour, uh, the Bucks and the Hawks game three. So before that game, the Hawks were 14 to one to win the championship. Uh, not the longest shot, surprisingly. The Clippers at 22 to one still, uh, but now after that game three loss, the Hawks sitting at 35 to one. Is that something that's interesting at all? If you still think the Hawks can pull this out? It, it is to me because there's exposure with the Hawks. Mm. Uh, so I mean, obviously, again, it depends on you'll 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 see different prices by by locations by operators pen, depending on what type of exposure they have in not just a series price but in the season long propositions so the hawks remember this uh, i mean they were 100 to 1 to, uh, at the beginning of the season last fall and folks especially when the, when the coaching change occurred right after when mcmillan got got hired there uh, there was just a sense that maybe the Hawks were going to be competitive, and as the season went on, we we found that to be the, uh, that to be the case. So they bet the Hawks not only for the uh, futures in terms of the NBA title, but they did bet them for the conference as well. So here, our price is actually lower simply because of the fact that there's exposure uh, with the Hawks, and so. Uh, uh, but again, uh, the Suns in terms of the NBA title, not as much uh, for the conference. 
but I'm sorry, the conference, but not so much for the NBA title. But the Hawks are the biggest liability for the books. Yeah, I mean, no really surprise there, just simply because if people take a shot on a yeah. long shot like Atlanta, I, I don't think the Hawks are going to be able to win this series. Even after, after they dropped game one, I didn't think they were going to be able to win this series. They played well, but they've also had some breaks go their way. I mean, Philadelphia, in, some injury concerns. And, you know, give them credit. They go on the road in game seven and win. But I think Milwaukee's just a different beast. This is a team that's had tremendous success. League MVP two out of the last three years. Uh, it's going to be a real challenge for them here. Uh, I took the Bucks after game one. They were minus 210 to win the series. I thought they were still going to be able to clearly win it. I think they've got a great chance here to be able to take game five on the road. And it's reflected in terms of how people are betting it already. And you'll see this team, if they are able to close out four, I think then we don't return to Atlanta. I think the series is over. This is going to be, you know, if if it plays out the way things are right now, right, with the two uh, with the two favorites, it's going to be a compelling series. We'll get into it. I'm sure Will Hill may uh, uh, ask about it. Uh, it'll it's going to be because the two games that the that the Bucks and the Suns played this year were both one point games and extremely high scoring. So um, it's it's close to a, a pick 'em series. I mean, even I think the Suns the Suns will have the home court advantage, uh, but uh, I got to tell you, uh, it's. Uh, but we'll probably want some some bucks money uh, uh, because you know because of a little bit of exposure. But uh, certainly the Hawks, uh, no no uh, no surprise here. We're we're uh, we're Bucks fans for uh, for business purposes, nothing personal. That's what I wanted to ask you. You were mentioning exposure for the teams that are remaining. Where's your biggest liability for Hawks. the NBA championship? It's Hawks, the Hawks, clearly, both for the conference and because the, they've uh, had those NBA. long odds. Well, it doesn't take a lot of money when, when when there's long odds like that too. And so in in the East, you know, the, uh, there was support for the Nets, but the Nets were never really that that long a price. You know, mm-hmm. early on they were what six or seven to one. We got a you know, and we we took money there. By the time they got hardened, it wasn't like there was this you know a massive exposure on them. Uh, so. Uh, but definitely uh, the uh, the Hawks are the uh, the biggest exposure of the four remaining teams. You know, you look at these uh, potential matchups we're looking at. I think it's going to be Suns and uh, Bucks. But the reality is, for me, I think the Clippers have a better chance coming back down 3-1 than Atlanta does winning the series down 2-1, even with two games potentially still at home for them. I, I just think the Clippers are a more complete basketball team. Atlanta is kind of like what Miami was last year, right? They're catching some teams at the right time. They benefited from certain things. It's not to take anything away from their performance against the Knicks, but Coming into the season, who had the Knicks being the number four seed in the Eastern Conference? Danielle, when you look at the East, Vinny knows this. When you guys look at it, the East is not a particularly strong conference. You've got right. three teams at the top, and it's everybody else. It doesn't make a difference who's four through whatever else. It really doesn't matter. I, I just don't see Atlanta being able to come back in this series. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think the Bucks are the clear-cut team. and I still like them to win the title, even though Phoenix has played extremely well. When we talk about the conferences, I know Vinny was talking about the Western Conference, that the Suns are more the favorite here to win it. Amal, you're saying the Clippers maybe still have what it takes? Um, or where would you look for the Western Conference? Well, I, I think it's still going to be Phoenix. But yeah. here's the thing. If you can figure out a way to steal this game tonight, yes. then game six, you're at home. You feel good mm-hmm. about your chances there. And then you get into a game seven, anything goes. And, I mean, we just saw it recently with Montreal and uh, Toronto and hockey. They figured out a way to win game number five on the road, and then game six you're at home, and then you get to a game seven, and the team with that 3-1 lead tends to tighten up. Pressure gets them a little bit. The Suns are going to be at home if it got to that. And remember, they had that opportunity here. You know, game four was so critical, and you could see it down the stretch. Suns won that game. And, you know, and I mean, I'm guilty of this. Most people are guilty of it. When you see the Suns have a 3-1 lead with two of the three remaining at their place, you think, okay, it's probably a foregone conclusion that they're going to be able to move on. And the game in the last game, right? I mean, when you look at Saturday's game, not a particularly good shooting game, right? It was kind of an ugly game. In fact, I think I think 
the teams combined for like nine it's like threes. every Bucks I mean, game was, this playoff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's it's a situation where uh, you know the Suns have found a way to be. To, to be versatile, right? To grind it out, or to you know, if they want to go, if teams want to go up tempo, they seem to be able to do it. But to Amal's point, you can't ignore the Clippers. There's a lot of veterans there. Um, it it doesn't look like Kawhi is going to be able to play, uh, and if he does, he's certainly not going to be at 100. percent But uh, this team uh, has shown us uh, all playoffs long, but that uh, they are uh, don't don't count them out. So we'll see. But th- this next one, this one's going to be uh, this one will be fun. And uh, with the Suns now down to five and a half tonight. When we take a look at the series line for the Suns and the Clippers, we've seen a lot of movement, but the Suns have remained the favorite throughout. So game one, minus 225 to win the series. Game two, minus 450. Game three, things are getting worse, minus 800. And game four, minus 500. Now game five, all the way up to minus 2,500, which means you can get the Clippers to win the series at 12 to one. Uh, Anything that jumps out to you on this board? Well, I mean, we're actually higher. Uh, and wow. again, I mean, again, but it's also a byproduct of, of exposure. So, I mean, when, when you look at the price now, it's almost you have to lay, uh, you know, 40 to one almost. Uh, but, but that again, that's that's because we really we don't we don't want any more son's money. <laughs> put it I put it blunt. That's a, that's as direct as I can be. Are there any futures bets still coming in at this point? I know you said you have a lot of liability. Not on the really. Hawks. It's now on the games. So, yeah. I mean, folks, are, and, and, they'll, and they'll back the Suns. I think, again, the public will back the Suns in this game tonight for sure, even though uh, the initial uh, play was uh, taking the six. So let me ask you, uh, Amal, you mentioned that you think it's going to be the Suns and the Bucks that we see in the finals here. Right. If we take a look at finals MVP odds, Giannis is the favorite at plus 120 on DraftKings. Devin Booker plus 240. So Suns and uh, Bucks up there. And then Chris Paul also on there at 4-1. to one. Chris Middleton sitting at 12-1. to one. Where would you look? I, I would look at, uh, to me, I would look at the Suns with, uh, obviously, Chris Paul. I don't understand how this guy <laughs> doesn't get more credit. I mean, Devin Booker's been in Phoenix forever. What the hell have they done before Chris Paul arrived? So I, I just don't understand that. If they're going to win, I think it's going to be Chris Paul. And if it's going to be Milwaukee, it's going to be uh, Giannis that is the MVP for them. Now, look, in the finals, you could have a year where, like, Andre Iguodala was the finals MVP. But I don't necessarily see that happening with these two teams. What's the Andre Ayton? 22 to 1. Mm. That was the one that stood out to me as well. And Paul George is 28. Right. Mm. Right. Mm. Mm. Just saying. You can, I mean, you can make the argument, right? Definitely for, for any of those Suns players. Uh, in terms of series lines, we also have the Hawks and the Bucks to look at. Right now, I'm seeing on DraftKings Hawks 9 to 1 and the Bucks minus 2,000. So um, anything you would look at here if you were in favor or looking to make a bet on the Hawks? 9 to 1. No, because no. they're not winning. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> not it's without a Trey, not without a healthy Trey. Healthy or not, it makes no difference. They're just not as good as Milwaukee. I mean, look, this is a team in Milwaukee for the last two years should have probably been in the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they've missed their opportunities. And now you, you're playing a number five seed. The rest of Giannis's career, they will never have a dream scenario better than this. Yeah. Let me ask you this too: When we get to this point. In the NBA Finals, we're in the conference finals. Is it even more difficult to bet these games pre-game because the lines are that much sharper? There's only really two games they have to worry about at a time. So something that you would look at betting in-game more? Well, no, it depends because I wouldn't say the line in game number two was that sharp. Mm. Right? Milwaukee had to win that game. I, mm-hmm. To me, there are money line bets. where This is where I disagree with unit bettors. There are certain bets. If you go broke, you stop betting. And the Milwaukee game two is one of those bets. If they lose the game, they're down 0-2. They're a number one seed, or not a number one seed, but a number three seed against a team like uh, Atlanta. They're going to come out. They're going to play well. And they did just that. And I, I thought it was a great opportunity for the Bucks here. 
Atlanta, if they were going to get a game, this was the game they had to get was game number three at home. You dominate the play early on. You've got a 15-point lead. You've got your crowd into it. Milwaukee is struggling. And at the end of the first quarter, it's a five-point lead. At halftime, you're tied at 56. And they couldn't separate themselves. I mean, I thought they missed their opportunity. And, and the other thing is you saw a focused Milwaukee team in game number two. They absolutely just stymied the Atlanta offense. And I think it's a scenario where if this thing were to get back to Milwaukee, you'll see a similar situation where they suffocate this Atlanta offense, particularly as you alluded to, if Trey Young is either not, which he appears is not going to be healthy, but not on top 100%. of it, it, yeah, if he can't play, that's an even bigger issue. Well, I think what what the Bucks showed in game two was, I mean, they were extremely, I mean, that game was over in the, in the first quarter, let's face it. I mean, it went up by 40 uh, at a point. So, I mean, and, and you know what? You could feel that, too. So if you're talking about an in-game scenario, you could you got to check and you got to kind of gauge the vibe of the Hawks, even though they've they've come back, you know, all playoffs. So to a mile's point, you know, watching. If you're going to go in-game, make sure you're watching. Right. I, I don't know, I think it's necessarily a, a You mean blind. not just watching the line in front of you I, I, change? I, I think you, you mean wanna, the You want to try to get a feel for what, you know, again, the eye test is, is, is pretty important. So that's something that. Uh, well, that's I, the advantage I, you get with well, live betting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vinny, I wanted to ask you real quick, too, because we don't have those big teams in like we normally do Lakers, Warriors, mm-hmm. Nets, even the 76ers out now, what is the handle looking like? Is it lower than usual because we're not seeing those? teams in this finals good question no not really and i'll tell you why because the suns have really caught fire and 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 got the betters interest in the last couple of months particularly they were still winning at 25 and 30 to 1 so no not really and the fact that it's the summer and normally like we're done by now so the fact that we've got great visitation and high volume people are gravitating to it to both the uh, uh, of the playoffs in the uh, nba and the nhl nhl is going to take a hit which we'll get to yes yeah, so we're going to talk about the nhl a little bit later on with Dwayne colucci Next up, we're going to talk about the College World Series Championship. We have odds to look at right here on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Daniel Avari, Vinny Maiulo, and Amal Shah back here on My Guys in the Desert, uh, ready to get into a little bit of these College World Series championship odds. Uh, beginning today, Vanderbilt and Mississippi State meeting at TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha, Nebraska for the College World Series finals. Vanderbilt entered as the tournament's number four seed while Mississippi State was seeded number seven. Uh, the Commodores are seeking their third NCAA title and second in a row, while the Bulldogs are looking for their first. As far as the odds, Vanderbilt minus 177, Mississippi State plus 150. Uh, for BetMGM, 70% of the tickets and 55% of the money on Vanderbilt. Game one tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Vinny, where's the action? Action's on uh, Vanderbilt. The favorites opened $1.65, now up to $1.85. And even though the, the, the seeding goes, goes out the window in the, in the College World Series, they, they were the actual 5-2 to two favorites. 
or the uh, the Commodores in terms of the future book. Mississippi State was eight to one, but Vanderbilt, by virtue of their pitching, Al Leiter's uh, kids on that team. I mean, they got some really good arms on that team. So right now, uh, it's all about Vanderbilt at eighty-five. And uh, now uh, Mississippi State plus 170. They're also favored uh, on the money line at minus one and a half, and it's down to even right now. So, and again, you know, it's important. To, so the, the the tool and uh, you know the splits uh, that that we flash up here. Uh, again, sometimes what people need to what do we would because I get asked this a lot. What do we look at when we see that type of thing? Right. Again, it's it's not only what's being bet, when it's being bet, who's betting it, and things like that. It, the the money can be balanced in one ticket. Like if if you're looking at splits and it's a fifteen percent difference here, and and not minimizing it or trivializing it by any means, but also from our perspective, it could still mean a that the that the the betting action is even and pretty balanced, or it could mean that we're high on the on the on the fifty five percent side, depending on on who bet it and when they bet it too. So, but but a, a tool that uh, that folks uh, like and uh, and do enjoy uh, taking uh, taking a look at them all. Yeah, I you know I can't really add anything to this conversation because I barely know who the hell is playing in the college world. Too many series, sports but... going on right now. Well, it's not just that. I mean, listen, it's the SEC. I couldn't care less. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Unless it concerns college football or college hoops. But uh, you know, I know obviously a lot of people been, when you see the under based on what Vanderbilt has projections in terms of the draft. I think a lot of people are playing this one under. But give Mississippi State credit. Trailed against Texas. Mm-hmm. Found a way to come back, and now the Bulldogs with an opportunity here. Uh, against their uh, division rival, not just conference rival, but division mm-hmm. rival. Uh, right. Eight for the total on this game. Yeah, uh, even seven and a halfs were available at one point. Sixty-two percent of the tickets, ninety-eight percent of the money on the under for Bet MGM. Uh, Vinny, you mentioned Vanderbilt entered this as the favorite here, especially after SEC champion Arkansas eliminated in the Super Regional, so that definitely played a part here. Um, how has some of the futures in this shifted from the start of the series? Um, actually, it helped. It held pretty steady uh, in terms mm-hmm. of Vanderbilt. Uh, a little bit of money came in on Mississippi State, and again, it was a byproduct of the price. Uh, NC State had some had some money on them at fifteen to one and twelve to one, but uh, you know I think from from our side of the counter we're in pretty decent shape for for the futures. You know no real exposure, but again didn't book it uh, that long. We booked it uh, going into the tournament. In a couple minutes, we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals, and I have to say, I would not have expected to see the Canadians in it, right? But that's how hockey. Not plays too many out. people did. Well, if you were listening to the nuts, I told you they were going to beat Winnipeg, and I said they were going to beat VGK. Well, so what? What I was going to bring up is in the College World Baseball Series, is that something where you expect the favorite like Vanderbilt to make it to the finals, or is it just as squirrely as we see in the NHL playoffs? There's always unpredictability, right, in in any tournament. Uh, but I think again, the fact that I mean, by by virtue the fact that Vanderbilt was the favorite in terms of our future book at five to two, uh, the next uh, the closest team was was Texas at plus three fifty. So we did you know believe that that Vanderbilt, but by virtue of their pitching, as I mentioned, uh, was certainly a deserving favorite. So uh, are we really shocked that they're there? No, not not really. But again, it's it, you see long shots come in all the time. And again, when we get to the uh, to the Cup Finals. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be talking quite a bit about uh, about the Canadians for sure. This was a sport that was also affected by some COVID nineteen issues. Yeah. NC State. Uh, how much did that factor in when you guys were doing the numbers for this? Well, well you know, it, NC State. It, it didn't happen until after the the, the futures uh, were up and things like that. But again, that that's just the dynamic that we've had to live with in all sports. You guys are pros uh, yeah, for, at this point. I mean, it's been over know, a year. Listen, we still have a, a COVID contingency. But that was really an, uh, a big factor as to why in college football regular season wins, we went with conference games only. 
because we figure that if it, it, there'll be more of an effort to get all the college, the conference games in, not so much the uh, non-conference games. So and then have to refund uh, everything. Yeah, nothing so new for you guys. Conference games is uh, what we're going to go with. All right, well, let's get them all back in the mix here. We're going to talk about the Euro 2020 and some Wimbledon next right here on My Guys in the Desert. NHL and NBA playoffs are here. Our experts are covering every angle to find the betting edges. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all of the NHL action. And our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all of the basketball insights. Our experts and the entire VEASAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to cash in on the playoffs. Sign up for your 10-day free trial at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Again, Danielle Avaria, Mal Shaw, Vinny Mayulo back here in the VEASAN studio, uh, ready to talk about some Euro 2020. One game going on right now. We had a game this morning, of course, Croatia versus Spain. Final score, 5-3 to three Spain. Crazy comeback there for them. But France and Switzerland going on right now. 3-3 three to three headed into extra time, now headed to penalty kicks. Amal, what is the update on this game? Yeah, as, as you alluded to, they're going to PKs right now. Just the intermission between uh, the end of the extra time and now the penalty kicks uh, as both teams will select their five guys to go out there and take a look. Remember, Hugo Lloris had a stop earlier on Rodriguez uh, um, in the, uh, I would say, about the 55th minute. They had an opportunity to go up 2-0, and they didn't. And then France responded with a couple of quick Kareem Benzema goals. And But give uh, Switzerland credit. They responded after being down 3-1, including a goal in the 90th minute to get this thing level. Extra time, no goals. And we see this one now headed to PKs. And you got to love it if you're Switzerland because you're playing – you know, the best team in the world, the defending world champions, and you've got an opportunity to knock them off. Favorites. Favorites uh, for, the, uh, for the event were the, uh, were the French. And again, as Wall mentioned, a 3-1 to one lead with what, about less than 10 minutes to go. But, you know, this is why soccer, the World Cup, the Stanley Cup playoffs, baseball postseason, uh, the NFL playoffs are so great, in my opinion, compared to the NBA. Because the NBA, it's always one of the like people say Chalky. long shots. I'm like, really? Yeah. What, what, what long shot have you cashed ever in the NBA? I this mean, year, it's going to be the Hawks. Okay, I didn't <laughs> realize they're closing down the rest of the season, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the the point is, in the NBA, it's always chalk. But in these other sports, in this one, like you have a team. If you actually look at it on paper, if you compare France to where Switzerland is in terms of just overall talent. It's such a huge discrepancy. I don't want to sit there and say it's a 116 matchup, but it is definitely an unbalanced matchup. And right now they've got an opportunity if they can get the better of France here during the PKs to be able to move on to face Spain. And who came out of this game too, which will determine. So, you know, the, so three different ways to bet this game. So we had the, the three-way line. Mm -hmm. So either team and a draw at the end of regulation and a stoppage time. Of course, the total, the goal line. Uh, which was the same stoppage time, I mean, uh, uh, regulation and stoppage time. And then the team to advance, and France was, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yep, uh, France was the 390, almost a 4-1 to favorite 
to uh, to advance here. Yeah, you can't make them a four to one favorite uh, going to PKs here. So, uh, but you do have to make them uh, a slight favorite. Uh, maybe I don't know, maybe a dollar thirty. But to Mall's point, you probably take uh, take the dog. I would not yeah. make them too big a favorite. I, I, I'm with Vinny on this one. And something like this in a uh, now a coin toss situation, it's like in hockey when you get to the overtime. So many times you'll have a team that was a mm-hmm. prohibitive favorite before the game. They're still a favorite. I'm like, why is there an edge? They just played 60 minutes in their level. There's no difference at this point in time. It's a bad bounce that could be the difference between winning or losing a game. And so you look to take the plus prices because over the long haul, generally speaking, that'll be your edge in terms of from a betting perspective. And Switzerland gets to strike first, and they score. All right. Well, winner pressure of this. Pressure on France. No. I mean, uh, they had a 3-1 lead. I mean, the pressure yeah. is the pressure is just building by the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winner of this game, though, will advance to face Spain in the next round. Spain really on a hot streak there to win their game at the end. Became the first team to score five-plus goals in consecutive games at the Euros. And again, next up, they face the winner of this France-Switzerland game, which we'll see wrap up just here in a moment. Uh, while we're waiting for this to one to wrap up, let's take a look at some of the Wimbledon odds as well. Let's start with the men's side of things. So, uh, of course, we have have Djokovic minus 140 as the favorite here. Uh, Medvedev at seven to one. Federer nine to one. Berrettini eleven to one. Zverev sixteen to one. And Rublev forty to one. Uh, Djokovic will seek his 20th Grand Slam victory and sixth title at Wimbledon. Uh, where do you think we're going to see the money come in here, Vinny? Well, the way we book the, you know, we've expanded tennis. Uh, typically, we we go to the, the the Grand Slam events, but we've expanded tennis now. Uh, and we put up every match. Mm-hmm. So here we, you know, the men's uh, uh, round of you know we, 128, right, and the women's uh, as well. So just head-to-heads right now. But a lot of chalk. I mean, especially early in these first sets of matches, you're going to see uh, a lot of uh, a lot of chalk. And and the, you know, when you when you look at the prices, uh, and and you look at the the participants, not a lot of surprises there. But again, you get folks. Amal follows the tennis extremely well, and uh, he's going to be able to pick out uh, some spots here where I know there's going to be some uh, some plus value. Well, you know, one of the things is though in the early stages, I don't take the uh, underdogs. I take a lot of the favorites. Mm-hmm. Because these tur- the, the majors pay the players so much more money by advancing in each round that it's worth more than winning some of the smaller tournaments. So you get the best effort out of these players. You could, in essence, win three matches here. You'll make more money than you make in the next small ten tournaments. So that's why the money becomes such a big deal in terms of how well you perform here. And you see a lot of the chalk in the early stages come through. Um, there's some great opportunities. On the men's side, Danielle, it's going to be Novak Djokovic. He's got an opportunity for a single-year Grand Slam because he won Australia already and he beat uh, Rafa in the French. Uh, to be able to win this thing in Tsitsipas in the final. Tsitsipas got bounced by Francis Tiafo this morning in straight sets, the American biggest win of his career. Uh, but I don't see anybody else really being able to compete with Novak here. You mentioned it going for a sixth Wimbledon title, uh, sixth or seventh, I can't even remember now, but... Uh, to me, Federer, he's just not the same player. She's There's a lot just, of money coming in on him, so maybe his biggest competition? I, Federer's not any competition, in my opinion. Mm. I, I think you look at Daniel Medvedev, I think he's bigger mm. competition. Uh, Berrettini playing extremely well. Big power guy, can be really dangerous on the grass, which is a faster surface. Uh, look, Roger's great. He's, he's, in my opinion, the greatest all-around player of all time. But when it's all said and done, Novak will be the greatest ever. He's got a winning record head-to-head against Rafa and Roger. He's going to wind up with probably more grand slams because he is... Uh, I think same age as Rafa, but obviously um, younger than Rogers. So great opportunity there. On the women's side, I think it's wide open. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any clear-cut favorite. Uh, Madison Keys got off to a fast start today on a surface like this with her power and the ball getting through the surface so quickly. She can be dangerous. But I think this women's tournament, if you like a long shot, this is not a bad tournament to take a look at it. 
Yeah, I mean, Ash Barty sitting at six to one. Serena Williams seven to one. Sabalenka eight to one. Murgaruza at eleven to one. Coco Goss sixteen to one. And Iga Sviatek at eighteen to one. Um, you mentioned not really a clear leader here. Ash Barty dealing with a hip injury. Correct. Uh, Simona Halep dealing with a calf injury, so not really at full strength. Uh, meanwhile. Naomi Osaka skipping Wimbledon altogether. Halep has withdrawn also. Yeah. So she's she's okay, out. So, so due you, to her injury. Yeah. I mean, um, this is this is a wide open tournament, particularly on the women's side. I mean, there's so many names there. I, I think Coco Goss probably about another year away. I understand she's had some success at Wimbledon, but still, to me, when you get up against these better, better players at the top, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Well, we have to talk about the NHL playoffs next. We'll bring in Dwayne Colucci to talk about the Canadians at the Lightning at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on My Guys in the Desert. OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up to the second info you need. Speaking of up to the second info, France and Switzerland still locked it's up over. in penalty kicks them all. It's over. Kylian Mbappe was just stopped. Oh, what a save by Switzerland. It's there over. It there it is. Jan Sommer with the one of the world-class goalies makes a tremendous save and Switzerland moves on. What an upset this is. France, by the way, up three to one earlier in this game. With about with 10, ten minutes, minutes to, to go. go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh. Boy, what a finish. A tough ride back home for Didier Deschamps, uh, head coach of France, manager of France. Um, wow. This, this team, when you look at from a talent standpoint, you look around the clubs around the world, Pogba. Uh, uh, you know, Mbappe, Benzema, Griezmann, uh, Hugo Lloris, uh, Pavan. I mean, they've got just the best players in the world. Like, this is like a Bayern Munich or a Real Madrid or a Barcelona. And against Switzerland, 3-1 lead with roughly 10 minutes to go. This is an epic collapse. I can't even think of something right now off the top of my head what I would equate this to. This is like getting back with the Bills and the Oilers. Oh, yeah. 35-3 lead, third yeah. quarter. You're on your way. I mean, Frank Reich. No, I mean, this is no way... This team should give up two goals in the final 10, 12 minutes. I have to imagine more of the money was on France here, too. No question about it. In fact, they were the uh, co-favorites for the the entire event with England at 5-1, to one, closed at less than 3-1 to one going into this round. And uh, there was, they, were, they were significant favorites uh, on, the, on the three-way. And, uh, I, my goodness, they were, they were almost 2-1 to one on the three-way. They were minus one and even on the goal line. And of course, we uh, we made it. They made them slim. I, they were a slight favorite uh, going into uh, going into this uh, into the into the PKs here. I mean, so they were, they were mean, almost four to one to advance and in now this they, match. And and now Switzerland does advance, and they'll play Spain in the next round. Yep. What a crazy day in the Euro mm-hmm. 2020 today! But I want to make sure we get to the NHL playoffs. We have a great guest joining us, Racing Sportsbook Director from Rampart Casino, Dwayne Colucci. Dwayne, thanks so much for joining us. 
What's up, Danielle? How you doing? What's up, guys? Well, Dwayne, there's a there's a topic on our mind here. I think that this story has been told before, but so my understanding, Dwayne, is you grew up in Queens, but you are a Canadiens fan. What is the origin story behind that? Yes, Danielle. Uh, you know, my dad was a big Montreal fan. He used to go to the old Madison Square Garden and the new Madison Square Garden. And the ushers, actually, there were too many kids to come see the Rangers come out onto the ice. So he would go, the ushers would let him go behind the Montreal Canadian, uh, you know, curtain. And as they came out, you know, they would fist pump him, tap him on the head, and just to, you know, see Maurice Richard and uh, the pocket rocket, John Bellevue, uh, Jeffrey on all these legends. My dad just took a liking to, uh, you know, the Habs, despite my grandfather being a huge Rangers fan, and he just kept it going. We used to go to the Forum every year. We would take a road trip to the Montreal Forum for at least one homestand, and, you know, I was just enamored with Guy Lafleur, Steve Shutt, uh, Dryden, Robinson, Savard, and those were the glory years, Danielle. I saw a lot of great hockey come out of the Montreal uh, franchise, so that's how that basically originated for me. And your dad, I'm sure, and your or your grandfather, uh, uh, your dad uh, especially, cashed a lot of tickets back then. Kaluch, <laughs> yeah. I know that, buddy. Well Definitely. done. Well done. <laughs> yes, he did, Betty. Well, yes, the Canadians looking to win their 25th overall title, but first since 1993. So mm-hmm. going on tonight, Canadians at the Lightning, 8 p.m. Eastern start for that one. A little bit of line movement here. Lightning opened at minus 200. No movement necessarily there, uh, but the spread, Tampa Bay minus 1.5, plus 140, down to about plus 135. Dwayne, who do you like in tonight's matchup? Try to leave your, your bias out of it here. <laughs> Yeah, this is a great matchup, Danielle. I'll be honest with you. You know, I really fear Tampa Bay. About four or five years ago, Montreal beat them in a playoff series, and it just seems like Cooper and the boys have made it a point to rub it in our nose ever since then. And there were some lopsided games where Tampa really got the better of us. But, you know, this is a different Montreal team. This is a team that beat our Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, I'm a season ticket holder for the Knights. That game five, Montreal played as good as any NHL team could play. They shut down the Golden Knights. Carey Price was able to turn the tables on Flurry. And, you know, this is really a great story. Ever since the Toronto series, reeling off the three in a row, then four in a row against Winnipeg. Uh, you know, you talk about a team that won 10 out of 12. They have a 94% penalty kill and they're currently on a streak of about 400 to 500 minutes without giving up a power play goal and that's Tampa's total asset so it depends Danielle on how healthy Kucherov is and who's going to be the better goaltender is it going to be Vasilevsky with his 1.99 goals against or is it going to be Carey Price with the 2.02 I think that Tampa looked a little winded and had a longer road, guys. So I'm going to take a chance with the Canadians tonight. I think they could definitely get on the scoreboard early. Uh, Cole Caulfield, Suzuki, these guys have a ton of speed, something that the Islanders really didn't possess. I think the Islanders are more of a grinding team and a pounding team. And I think that seven-game series was grueling, whereas I think Montreal, you know, only playing six games against the Knights, it wasn't all that physical, the series. So I'm going to take a chance with Montreal in this first game, despite my heart. Dwayne, you mentioned uh, Kucherov, and again, he uh, he missed most of Game Six after that uh, pretty uh, pretty bad cross check. But he did play 16 minutes in Game Seven. Uh, but for the Canadiens, an injury 
that could uh, could be impactful is Joel Armia, right? They're right wing. And again, it's not that he's right. a huge scorer, but what he does is keep those lines consistent and keep them rolling. Looks like he's uh, going to be in uh, COVID uh, isolation. And he, he averages, what, about 12, 13 minutes a game for them. How, how are you, uh, you know, give us your thoughts on how that may impact uh, the Canadians here going against the team. Let's face it, the Lightning – uh, you, you you hit on it. They're, they're as versatile, though, probably the most versatile team uh, in, in the postseason, right? If you want to if you want to play up-tempo, yeah, they're willing to go up-tempo. If you want to grind it out, they'll grind it out. Roll four lines here. Does the Armia uh, uh, absence uh, uh, concern you? Well, what we're praying for, Vinny, is the jet stream because they said that he is on a private jet to Tampa and is now a game-time decision because okay. he passed all the protocols. So this is very important. If he could get there and get on the ice, we need as many strong bodies as we can to control guys like Kucherov, Braden Point. I mean, Braden Point's got 14 goals, many in 18 games. This guy is just unbelievable. This is a different type of team that Montreal is facing. You know, Steven Stamkos, you know, he's, he's a Canadian guy. He definitely wants to beat the Habs. And you have all this parity going on. And, yes, Armia is definitely a factor. Anybody who stays on the ice for 12 to 15 minutes grinds it out. Montreal plays that checking style. And then they try to beat you with the young speed, the Suzuki's, the Toffoli's, and, like I said, Cole Caulfield. So Armia is very important, Vinny. I hope he gets there in time for the game. I want to see these teams at full strength play each other. Dwayne, uh, t- Tampa's been tremendous on the power play, second best in the postseason. And then, of course, the Montreal kill has been outstanding. Ever since game number four, I think it was, against Toronto, where they had about eight minutes worth of penalties in the second period, this team has done a much better job of concentrating on not giving away dumb penalties. But even when they've been shorthanded, they have been tremendous. Do you believe that Montreal would have the edge there, or it's going to be Tampa with Kucherov and Stamkos basically operating in an office similar to uh, Ovechkin? Great question, Abal. I'll tell you the truth, though. Kucherov scares me. And when he starts lining Stamkos up and, you know, they have that power play clicking, it's only a matter of time before Montreal gives up a power play goal. But let me tell you, the Habs, they they were the victim of a lot of bad calls in that Vegas series, too. You know, it seemed like the refs were piling on the power plays. And Vegas has a great offense, guys. And for Montreal to shut them down, they definitely have a chance. But this power play is just a hybrid power play. you got to remember, this is the defending Stanley Cup champions. They're back in a position to win. Both teams played exceptionally well in the bubble. You know, people are so shocked. Oh, Montreal, Montreal. Vinny, I think we had them 20, maybe a little less, to win the Stanley Cup at the opening of the season based on how they played in the bubble. So this is a Montreal team that underachieved in the regular season. They're not a bad team. They had parity with Druant. Carey Price missed a ton of games. Jake Allen had to play. So now they're getting their heads back into it. It'll be great to get their coach back, too, in Game 3, Duchamp, even though they're doing a great job right now, the coaching staff. And, you know, it's going to be tough to stop that power play, Amal. I'm not going to just say Montreal's going to come out and stop it. They're going to get some power play opportunities and probably some goals. This is a tough uphill battle, but definitely Montreal's capable. Dwayne, uh, Andre Vasilevsky's 4-1 to to win the Conn Smythe. I cannot for the life of me understand how he's the third favorite. I get Braden Point has scored in nine straight games. I, I said to Mike Palm, I said a great bet on Friday was Braden Point to not score in the 10th game, tying Leach for 10 consecutive games. 
But more importantly, Vasilevsky's had four shutouts, three shutouts in closeout games. He has been tremendous outside of the first three games against Florida where he gave up 11 goals. In the uh, subsequent 15 games, he's given up 25 goals. How is he not the odds-on favorite for the con Smythe? I think this is a terrific bet at 3.5 or 4-1. to one. That's a great question, Ball. Definitely, he should be the favorite. I mean, they only gave up 18 shots in that final game against the Islanders. So not only are they defending well, they're giving up minimal opportunities. So that makes Vasilevsky even look stronger. 1.99 goals against, like you said, four shutouts, closing out games in shutouts, always a big-time money goaltender, has the Stanley Cup under his belt. I'll tell you the truth. My money's definitely got to be on Vasilevsky and a little on price just in case it goes seven games. You could see a John Sebastian Jaguar possibility where Price loses yet still wins the MVP. So I think the goaltenders are definitely the focal point. Braden Point isn't going to score no seven, eight goals in this series unless they have one of those eight-nothing blowouts like against the Islanders. And I think the skilled players are going to definitely have a difficult time scoring because these two teams have excellent defenses as well. You look at the way they're stacked. I mean, they played so well against the Islanders. Uh, McDonough blocking shots them all. So definitely that enhances Vasilevsky. I like 4-1. to one. They took plus 85 for 210 and now down to 2-1. to one. Five over a quarter for the uh, total. And if you think Braden Point scores again at the South Point here, yes to score a goal in game one, plus 150. The no, minus 170 if you think he finally stopped scoring. Dwayne Colucci, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your time as always. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks, Vinny. Thanks, Amal. See you, Appreciate Colucci. it. Take care, buddy. All right, more coming up on My Guys in the Desert. Next up, we'll bring our guest on, Will Hill, one of our Point Spread Weekly contributors, to talk a little bit of basketball and maybe some of his baseball picks for the day as well. That and more coming up in Hour 2 of My Guys in the Desert.